Welcome to Advanced Automation, a podcast by Calvary Robotics, where you'll find industry leaders and experts sharing their thoughts on the world of automation. Hello, and welcome to Calvary Robotics Advancing Automation Podcast. My name is Joe Gemma, and I will be your host today. We would like to give you and our listeners more insight into our company. So today we've invited a very special guest, uh, the leader of our organization, Mike Fisher is the president of Calvary Robotics. He also happens to be a, a long-term friend, so really thrilled to spend a little time with him today to talk about the organization. Mike, before we talk about that, maybe tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your career. Sure. Thanks, Joe, and a pleasure to be here today. I've been in the automation uh, robotics business my entire career. Went to college in the late 80s for a degree in fluid power and robotics. Uh, which is really a blended effort on both controls and mechanical engineering, which today they'd refer to as a mechatronic program. During the end of my college days and for the next two years, I worked for a fluid power distributor that also had some tool and die capability. Subsequently, they built smaller assembly systems, and that was my first kind of introduction into the into the industry. Following that, I joined a progressive leading automation company in its early days and helped grow it to one of the largest uh, automation houses today certainly in the small parts area. Spent 23 years there in various positions. Uh, was then presented with uh, this opportunity here at Calvary, where I've been the last uh, seven years. And really the reasons for coming to Calvary uh, were mainly due to the overall capability, the, uh, the infrastructure, people, facilities, and the, the business systems and, and processes that they had in place here were really world leading. Also had a lot of respect for the founder and the management of the company really immediate alignment with what I believed in. And we'd agreed upon the strategic direction of the company, its core values and our objectives that really, uh, you know, have guided us to where we are today in, in becoming a world leader in our industries. Should also add that I have a tremendous respect for the people, you know, talent uh, and technology. And although it's a challenging industry, it's unlike any other in terms of being interesting and very rewarding. Yeah, Mike, it's a really an exciting industry and, as you say, kind of different every day. So thanks for sharing a little bit about your background and certainly the company and, and the people that we work with and the talent we have. And In fact, maybe expand a little bit because many of our listeners know about the Calvary Robotics Group, but I'm not sure they know that uh, Calvary as a group has some other parts of our business. And maybe not in too, de- too much detail, but tell them a little bit about the other parts of the organization and how that uh, becomes a value. Sure. Um, Going back, Calvary was formed in the early uh, 90s by Mark Cheney, uh, who's our owner and uh, CEO of the company. He started as a design engineering firm that served uh, a lot of the local integrators at that time. Uh, Mark uh, really had a strategic direction. He he set out and hired some of the best people that he could find in the industry, having worked with them through the design engineering firm, and then quickly branched out into building of the systems as well as uh, uh, becoming a full-service uh, automation company. Began by largely serving the automotive industry, as most automation companies did in their early days, uh, because at that time, uh, they were the early adopters of automation and robotics. Since that time, uh, diversified into many different markets, incorporated many different leading-edge technologies to serve our customers and also establish ourselves as a recognized leader in this space. The value proposition is of Calvary is really based upon uh, a program lifecycle management from beginning to end uh, with a focus on value add, return on investment, 
And of course, customer satisfaction. Uh, we're comprised of four business units. That makes us a bit unique and sets us apart from others in terms of our competition. Uh, we like to refer to these business units as having distinctive expertise and combined strength. Uh, they're very complementary or synergistic in nature to one another, which allows us then to feed business to one another independently or work jointly on programs, which is uh, often the case. Uh, we operate out of a 400,000 square foot state-of-the-art facility here in Webster, New York, which is a suburb of Rochester. And the four main business units are really the design and build of custom automation systems, uh, of which we use core standard products and platforms. That's really the core engine or driver of the company. Uh, that's allowed us to build a very unique skill set and really is the basis for the overall infrastructure uh, of our company. We're vertically integrated throughout all the necessary functions and departments uh, to deliver on our automation solutions with very little of the work going outside uh, the walls of our facility. The next business unit is a repetitive manufacturing or contract manufacturing business unit, which is really designed for multiple builds or scaling of systems where the demand is high and time to market is critical. The work done in that business unit uh, could be based on our design, a customer's design that we may be value engineered or a straight build to print, you know, with an emphasis on many systems uh, and a production or manufacturing mentality versus a design engineering mentality. Uh, the third business is CGS. They're really at its core a supply chain organization with a focus on procuring or providing any piece of tooling or fabricated component that we would be required or necessary for our own systems, our customer systems, as well as we sell directly outside of Calvary, if you will, to customers for their internal needs and requirements. And uh, we really do this through a network of relationships uh, with a number of companies globally and a very disciplined supply chain management. We operate a machine shop here in Rochester, as well as have a team in Malaysia to accommodate a low-cost sourcing strategy for tooling uh, that we subsequently incorporate in the systems we produce. And the last business uh, unit is our product division called Intune Products. This division's focused really on development and commercialization of product into the marketplace. Uh, we use this division to develop not only our own standard products for use in our automation systems, which we'll talk about here a little later, but as well as for the development of innovative products in conjunction with our customers in various industries. Uh, we also then have the ability to scale and produce those products for that customer or for ourselves into the marketplace. So this product mentality is really a key initiative for us and imperative to uh, our success and our strategy moving forward. Uh, we continue to drive uh, products more and more into the custom space and really need to in order to realize the overall significant benefits of doing so. Mike, th thanks for sharing that. I think it's uh, good that people get a better picture of the scope of the organization and, and the power of the value of all those uh, supply organizations that you talked about within the Calvary Group. So now let's talk a little bit about the market. And you talked about some of the market conditions that are in. They're changing and, and companies are looking for more, I'll say, adaptability or flexibility. I mean, mass customization, a lot of those things are impacting what the market looks like. So what has Calvary done to address these dynamic changing markets? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. I also believe that to be a very true statement. If we go back a number of years, this was really uh, – I guess a nice to have the flexibility and, and modularity scalability, but not necessarily, nor would custom, you know, really want to pay for, for having that. Uh, the reasons being that they would, you know, typically amortize the equipment uh, you know, over the lifetime of that product and then just get rid of it. 
And really, we're just looking for, a, you know, the lowest cost solution at that point in time uh, to solve that manufacturing challenges. So what's changed is really nowadays with the technology available and at a much more attractive uh, cost point, it's become the norm and, and almost expected uh, today. Uh, we validated this uh, through a series of meetings a number of years back with our key customers uh, in multiple industries where we found that there was a shift in the strategy for automation, fast changing environments, you know, reduced product life cycles, uh, introduction of product derivatives, also, the need for commonality and flexibility were high on the list of importance when they're sourcing systems because typically they went for a high value dedicated system. And then if the market, you know, demands weren't there, uh, they didn't have the ability to adapt quickly to, you know, other products. So, you know, in addition, there's many, many benefits uh, that are significant. So, so we, you know, tend to agree with that strategy and have focused our company on you know solving those, the focus really on system reuse, redeployment, ability to to gate capital spend with capacity increases quickly and efficiency, while both reducing risk and the overall cost of uh, ownership. Really, this has been the the genesis for the development and implementation of our standard product philosophy or platform initiatives, and a focus in terms of our ongoing efforts. It's great. You characterize a lot of the benefits of, as we call, I guess, standards and what these pre-engineered opportunities present to companies. Uh, Even in expanding on that, certainly the ability to install more quickly, bring them up to uh, production more quickly because using standard products. So how does Calvary, as far as the strategy, how do we see that supporting the market need for standards going forward? Yeah. So if we maybe take a look at uh, why they're important to kind of, uh, as an just playing on what you just said, I think we need to look at that from both an external customer side uh, as well as an internal or, or Calvary standpoint. The external benefits really to the customer, as we mentioned, are use of a proven product, uh, which results in a you know higher system performance and uptime, uh, reduced risk, cost, and lead time, flexibility in terms of retooling, reuse or redeployment, modularity and the ability to scale the systems to adjust to you know, different product derivatives or, or volumes. And then, of course, there's the internal benefits to, to Calvary, which is really centered around less engineering time, uh, which is very important, you know, due to the supply and demand of engineers in our space, uh, reduced delivery times so we can do more with less, obviously more cost effective, less implementation or integration time, as you've noticed before, so you can get to market quicker and better controls the schedule and risk. I, I could go on and on, but the point is there are many benefits to both the customers and ourselves. Um, I think you also asked about the strategy to support the market need. Mm-hmm. Our strategy there, uh, Joe, is really always has been and will be you know, centered around the continued development and deployment of these uh, platform technology or standards. Uh, that's a combination of both mechanical uh, and software-related standards that drive value and we feel set us apart in the industry. Uh, we work collaboratively, you know, with our customers to solve their challenges through the use of these products and technology. Uh, we'll continue to invest and evaluate new technologies through our research and development efforts. And we also look at incorporation of the latest uh, Industry 4.0 technologies as they continue to be deployed and have an impact on the future of manufacturing. So areas like incorporating, you know, digital twin or predictive or analytics and big data, artificial intelligence and so on. 
So interesting, Mike, you talked about it, maybe for the benefit of our listeners, we want to elaborate a little bit on some of the terms you talked about platforms, you talked about uh, maybe pre-engineered systems, and maybe give some examples of what a pre-engineered system is, what we mean by platforms, but also importantly, and I think you made a good point, you mentioned software industry 4.0. So platforms isn't just a hardware strategy, it's a complete strategy. But maybe you could expand a little bit on what you mean by the platforms for our audience and and our listeners and pre-engineered solutions, maybe give an example of what that is maybe first i'll start with uh you know why we call it a pre-engineered solution we call them pre-engineered solutions uh, for a very deliberate reason you know at the end of the day it needs to be a complete solution that is largely pre-engineered to be effective and really unlock the value the real value that we're looking for and our customers are looking for so this strategy is versus a component which is only part of the solution uh, components aren't good enough anymore. The solution really needs to be at a station system or platform level. And the benefits that I spoke about earlier are really realized at that level. If I look at some examples, uh, I can give you a few which represent a range of product and technology. We have large integrated platforms that uh, assembly platforms or manufacturing platforms that can be based around synchronous, asynchronous, flexible linear motor-based material handling systems. Uh, these platforms are modular in nature, very flexible, plug and play for different uh, operations and processes and very adaptable and can, can really apply to a number of industries and applications. We also have then standalone or discrete cells like our XL1 and 2 platforms, which are really Cartesian or SCARA six-axis robot-based standard modular cells, which can then uh, also be scaled into production systems or operate independently. You also have the benefit of being able to go from development or the lab into production or go straight to production from the beginning if that's uh, required. And then in addition to, to these platforms and cells, we also offer plug-in components like tray handlers, flex feeders, and other various or ancillary operations that are typically required uh, over and over in production and assembly systems. Interesting. Thanks for expanding a little bit on that. And I think that'll help our, our listeners understand a little bit more about what we mean when we use some of the terminology. So how does this work across different industries? Because we as an organization are asked to help support a lot of different industries. And we certainly can talk with those all about what those are. But how does it work? How do we how do we benefit across different industries that way? Yeah, that's a really good question, Joe. And it's really the viewpoint of the customer in the industry versus the uh, integrator like uh, Calvary. The, we view it as the technology is really uh, industry agnostic. I mean, robots are robots, vision systems are vision systems. We can apply them very easily and move between different industries where the learning curve comes in tends to be in the environmental or regulatory, you know, compliance. Uh, that really becomes the, the learning curve, not necessarily the technology. So that technology really applies because it's largely flexible in nature, you know, most of them being robot based, incorporating vision and other other flexible technologies. They have a plug and play aspect. We can offer different material handling, part processing, feeding methods. So, again, they're very adaptable and versatile that uh, then can you know, therefore be tailored to to most industries. Great. I, I, again, you've expanded quite a bit on the development of standards and, and types of standards we do with that. Thank you. Maybe uh, go back to something we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, are there software standards that we work with and we can supply to various markets? Uh, if so, how, how would how would we benefit from that? How do you explain what those software benefits are if there are standards we bring to different markets? 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's both, as we mentioned, both mechanical uh, as well as software uh, standards that are required uh, in these products and platforms, and they're very critical to the value and the success of the systems. Uh, we're constantly, you know, looking at and evaluating and incorporating and working with the latest software and applying them to our applications and our products. And as I mentioned before, obviously, in today's environment with the adapt, you know, adaptation of Industry 4.0, it's becoming more and more critical, uh, a focus on not only adapting those technologies, but also making software simpler, more configurable than programmable, if that makes sense. And that's mm -hmm. a key uh, a key element and a key focus of Calvary as well. Uh, agreed. And in fact, I think even expanding on that, we've seen more customers looking at digital twin strategies to get a better support of, of their equipment on the floor and, and utilization. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the other areas we're looking very closely at is, you know, and tying in is really, you know, remote diagnostics and being able to service and uh, maintain the equipment more quickly and, you know, effectively or efficiently. Yeah. And Mike, you touched on something that uh, wasn't necessarily going to discuss today, but I think it's a value uh, proposition that you, is worth explaining that uh, Calvary also has a service support component of our organization. Uh, so after the fact, we're still part of that relationship with our customers to continue to support them through the life cycle of their product and their process uh, automation. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. That's a very critical aspect. A lot of customers aren't as concerned necessarily with, you know, where systems or products uh, are necessarily manufactured, but they want the service and support, you know, either local or very, very responsive so that they can, uh, you know, maintain production and, you know, achieve the ROI. So we are set up with a full service group. Uh, we incorporate a number of different strategies in terms of servicing our clients, depending on what their needs and requirements and geographic locations are. And we work with them to, to tailor a program and a, and a service uh, a program that is that, uh, that meets those requirements and keeps them you know, in production. I agree. And it's a key component of our organization and success of our relationships and loyalty with our customers. So talking a little bit about the, the standards, uh, we talked a lot about it actually, but you early on, you said, you know, one of the engines of the organization is the custom automation by custom, meaning it's a little bit unique. So how do standards work themselves into our custom automation strategies? Obviously, one of our core strategies there working in the, in the custom is is back to the benefits, Joe. So you look at the, uh, the amount of engineering talent needed to do this, uh, the cost risk lead time. What we're driving towards is really having, you know, 75, 80 percent of the system, the base chassis, whether that's standalone cells, whether it's incorporated into a full line, available or pre-engineered or pre-designed, and a focus on kind of the flexibility then allows us to adapt to different products and industries so that you're really custom tooling, you know, a quarter of the system at the end of the day, as opposed to 75, 80% of the system. We want to verse, reverse that trend so that that again, 7580 exists and you're, you're focusing on the remaining 20 and then they get further value and being able to reuse, redeploy those standards or platforms. So to characterize it, it allows us to be adaptable and flexible to help our customers be adaptable and flexible. I think it's pretty great. Good, nice yep. message you put there. <laughs> okay, so for, for the benefit of our listeners, so where are we as an organization, where are we going forward related to the markets and technology as an organization around these topics we discussed today? Yes, yeah, so that's a good question, Joe. Um, 
obviously we focused a lot on the standard products and platforms and that'll continue to be a mainstay of our organization and strategy and investment moving forward. But uh, we've got to also executing to a very deliberate strategy that we put in place a number of years. And part of that is obviously looking at new and emerging markets and getting ahead of it. So areas like outdoor robotics, whether that's construction, material handling, agriculture. We also want to diversify and further develop products in fast-growing areas uh, like food and beverage and shipping lo- and logistics, which we're already involved in, but uh, are projected to grow at uh, you know record levels here moving forward. We talked a lot about the Industry 4.0 technology and how we incorporate you know that into our solutions for those technologies are solutions. Another key area for us is looking at mobility, uh, which is very hot in the market today, how to adapt, you know, intelligent vehicles, autonomous vehicles, and so on, uh, implants, and also, you know, carrying robots and uh, to perform different tasks from material handling to assembly and so on. And then another key area is really in the vision guidance and pickings, we're certainly developing and furthering our expertise, uh, as we always have in the robotic space. But the application of vision, whether that's 2D, 3D vision for areas like bin picking or flexible feeding or adapting to environments, you know, to perform uh, to form work. And maybe one of the last areas tied into all of these is really a, a key part of our strategy, Joe, has always been focused on products and partnerships. We've talked a lot about the products, but partnerships is really where we get very close with uh, leading uh, market-leading technology companies in understanding their products and adapting their products into our end solution. So we look to the market. We have a very key strategy in working very closely with the management and uh, you know the teams within these companies uh, to incorporate them into our solutions and you know stay abreast of you know the latest technologies out there. Uh, take advantage of those. In that, Mike, that's a really a key point. Certainly, our relationships, especially technology partners, and there's certainly been a lot of advancement in technology uh, around the the point you brought up, mobility, and, and what that might envision and vision tools, and that's allowed us to be in the new and different markets that traditionally weren't available just because the technology just didn't match the needs for the market. So, and and I think we've often said that it's we feel it's our responsibility to stay ahead of those technologies and understand them, investigate them for the benefit of our customers so they can utilize this technology through us to improve their productivity and their production. So uh, again, thanks for sharing that and giving us a vision. So I, and Mike, I, I, on behalf of our w- listeners, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today and explaining a little bit more about our organization, uh, telling us where we're going and why some of the things we've, we've done, pre-engineered systems, standard solutions, platforms can be a benefit. So thanks for sharing that. And one last comment, maybe you can share with the team. What would you say, I mean, our listeners, what would you say is the best way for them to reach out to us if they'd like to know more about Calvary or talk to someone in the group? What's the best way for them to reach out to us? Yeah, first off, Joe, thank you for the time today. And uh, yeah, the best way to reach out to us, uh, certainly in this day and age, is is obviously, uh, you know, you can reach us uh, through looking at the website, which is www.calvaryrobotics.com. Uh, there's a lot of information on there. Also, uh, you can reach us through the main facility here. There's common emails as well as, uh, you know, the phone number at 585-347-6127, which is the main switchboard so so really electronically or physically uh, reach out to us great thank you i i know our listeners will 
want to try to reach out to us and, and talk to us about maybe some challenges they have and see if we can help them. And I, Mike, again, as a colleague, it's a pleasure being part of this and working with you and helping our customers together. And also as a friend, it's great working with you. So thanks for spending some time with us today on the Calvary Robotics Advancing Automation Podcast. And for our listeners, we appreciate spending time listening to our podcast and we look forward to the next episode of our podcast and hopefully you'll join us. Thank you all. Great. Thank you, Joe.